Hi, I'm Tom Field, Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about phishing today. It's my pleasure to be speaking with Jim Hansen. He's the Chief Operating Officer with PhishMe. Jim, thanks so much for joining me today. Hello, Tom. Thanks for taking the time to have a chat. Jim, phishing is one of those topics that never goes away. We talked an awful lot about business email compromise and other schemes in 2016. What would you say is the state of phishing as we start 2017? Honestly, Tom, I still think it's the cheapest, fastest, and most effective way for somebody to target your organization and get in. We haven't seen business email compromise get completely solved yet. Ransomware still hits the front page of the papers pretty much every day. And all of that is really driven by just a simple human error. So I think phishing will unfortunately continue to be front page news for this year, next year. And hopefully uh, we can get it slowed down. Jim, you talk specifically about business email compromise, about ransomware. What are the types of schemes that really concern you the most today? You know, I'm baffled by the business email compromise stuff. I mean, think about this. You've got someone that is pretending to be an executive or a senior officer in your organization, and they're asking you to wire money out to someone else and to do it quickly. And in some cases, you know, there are two U.S. publicly traded firms that had losses of over $40 million in fraudulent wire transfers, all based on a single set of emails. That's pretty amazing and pretty scary. And more importantly, every single one of those that succeeded got through the entire security stack. Everything that the customer, the client, the person that was being targeted was using to block out problematic threats from the Internet. It, ransomware is kind of similar and on the same lines. Obviously, the way the bad guys are monetizing that is different, but the core intellectual challenge is still the same. We've got technologies that are looking to block as much as they can, and they do catch a lot of it. But we still get leakers through the perimeter. They still get in, and they still cause that damage. You know, we're, we're coming up uh, time every American loves, right? We're coming up on tax season now. So the W-2 fraud emails, trying to get all that personal identifiable information about folks, are definitely starting to flow right now as we speak. So I think it's going to be you know, more of the same, and then the attackers will continue to just adapt to what works best, what's cheapest, and most efficient for them. So here's my question for you. With all the technology that organizations have invested in, all the lip service they've paid to improving user awareness, why, after all these years, is phishing still such a problem for organizations? I think there are two factors in this, really. First of all, um, most of us that are in IT security, myself included, started as technologists. So it's in our nature to think of a technical solution, just try to stop, for predominantly over history, it's been technical threats. And I guess the good news is, you know, over the past 20 years, all the innovation and all the companies that have been out there have made it harder and harder, from a technical perspective, for someone to break in more likely to be detected, more likely to be identified, more likely to be remediated quickly. The downside is, I think along the way as IT security professionals, we've completely ignored doing anything effective with the people in our network. Awareness is not the issue, and awareness is not the answer. And we did a survey uh, and asked folks a bunch of questions. One of them was, are you aware what phishing is? 95% of the people indicated they knew what phishing was. And yet 90% of the breaches out there or more start with a phishing email. 
So it's clearly not being theoretically aware of the problem. It's changing our behaviors to not only identify things that can be an issue, but go ahead and then report them to the security team so they can act against it and execute against it. And that's where we really messed it up. You know, I have an analogy that actually our CTO, Aaron Higby, came up with, Prairie Dogs. They're phenomenal out there uh, at alerting their environment to a threat. If they see something, and they pop up and make a bunch of chi-chi-chi noises. And this communication is incredibly rich. There's a PhD professor, I believe, out of Arizona that has written a couple of books on the complexity of the communication and that they're, what they're saying is almost as complicated as what dolphins communicate. They can identify a threat. They can tell the difference between a coyote and a domesticated dog. The difference between a human, a human in a blue shirt, a human in a red shirt, a human in a red shirt with a gun. So great warning, and then the rest of the organization, the group of prairie dogs, is able to hear that, respond and react, and avoid the threat. And yet here we are, you know, with a brain a couple of orders of magnitude larger than a prairie dogs, and our organizational response for using our people's brain to detect this is less sophisticated than that. Clearly we can do better. You know, if folks are aware of what the problem is, let's show them how to identify it and then let's encourage them to report it instantly and make it incredibly simple. And then let's get that data in the hands of the IT security professionals that can figure out, is this a real threat or not? How do we stop it? How do we inoculate the rest of the organization and not fall for it? So I think you can make exponential spend on security technologies themselves and probably get a little bit of additional risk reduction. But here we've got a whole area that has fundamentally been untapped by a lot of organizations. So a modest spend and some time and some energy can instead bring a huge change in the security posture of an organization. Jim, so often you hear from security leaders when they, they sort of throw up their arms and say, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And they're talking about their people and their organization. How do you respond to that defense? Yeah, sure. It's the classic problem exists between the keyboard and chair absolutely positively wrong. You know, that goes down to that mindset of, I'm here as a security professional and I really care about the technologies. Well, really, we built those networks so people could do work, whatever it is that that group or company does. Our answer is absolutely that it's a 180-degree change, that you're as strong as your best link in the organization. If you can help people identify the problems, encourage them to report quickly, and you can react to that, then all of a sudden you're a person that's pretty good at spotting this stuff, and we'll all be good or bad on various days, but collectively as a group, there will be people that will spot stuff. They become your strongest links, and you're now able to protect those folks that might have fallen for that attack. So I think it's time for an absolute 180 turn on this to go in 100% the other direction. Well, talk to me a little bit about Fishmay's approach. You seek to empower or deputize your user. How does that work? And maybe you can offer for me some real-world examples of this approach in action as well. Sure. Yeah, it follows this kind of four-factored uh, circle, essentially. So first, inoculate by running fishing exercises. And the goal there isn't to shame people, isn't to humiliate them. It's to help them spot the cues that might indicate that something is a problem. But like I said, awareness isn't the solve. It's actually avoiding it and reporting it. So making it very simple to report. Most organizations, they might have a forward address for things that look suspicious, or they might do something like save it to the desktop, 
pump it up in another email so you've got the headers, and then try to find somebody in the global address listing to send it to. All complicated things. So we've built plugins into most of the major mail clients that simply have your user do one thing. This looks suspicious. Click that and fire that off to the SOC and the IR team with the headers, with the attachment, with the richness of the data that they need. So not only do you send it off, but you actually give them feedback. You tell people, thank you, because they're doing something good for the organization, even if it's not a real threat. And then analyze that data. You cluster it and group it. We have a product called Triage that does that. Not by some of the basic stuff of where it's coming from, but what is the context of the email? What is it talking about? What kind of scan is it? And then let your analysts understand that, identify things that they can build into Yara rules, then pass those along to your perimeter devices, your other devices in the network, pass the information along to your SIM, and integrate a response to that. And then more importantly, once again, give feedback to that person that reported it, all of those people. Tell them, hey, this was a real threat. Thank you, you spotted it, and because of your actions, we're now able to better defend the rest of your coworkers. Or, hey, this wasn't a real threat. This was simply some spam that you're getting. It's got an unsubscribe link. It's okay to interact with. The magic starts to happen when you do this consistently. You're able to build a reputation of all of those people in the organization. Just like if you went out to eBay and you were going to buy something from someone, you'd probably be more inclined to buy something from somebody with a good reputation than a bad reputation. Same idea here. If you've got folks that are regularly reporting information and they've got a great reputation, they're good at spotting problems, you might want to look at that first. That might be very interesting to you from a defensive standpoint. And then lastly, we collect uh, through our intelligence service a couple of million phishing email messages a day. They're not from customers. These are kind of independently collected by us. And we're able to analyze and look at that to understand what are real threats. And we do a couple of things that are great with that. First, we feed that back into the triage system as intelligence. So the system itself is smarter at identifying all these things that are reported and saying, hey, that looks interesting, looks just like something we saw yesterday. But then two, feeding that information back into our simulator product so that you can real-time inoculate your folks about threats that are probably going to be coming at them. We had this last week where a customer ran one of those scenarios for our intelligence team that they developed, and two days later, they called us up and said, hey, thanks for that. Just wanted to let you know, 40 people were targeted by a real version of that a couple of days later, and they all reported it. We didn't have anybody fall for it. So fantastic efficiency in terms of making those changes. So it can be done. And like I said, once again, a modest level of investment for an exponential increase in your security posture seems like that's a good area to invest in and spend some time on. Jim, we started our conversation talking about ransomware, business email compromise. As you look ahead, how do you see these and other phishing schemes evolve in 2017? And how then must response teams evolve how they respond to these threats? Yeah, I think it's going to be more of the same. I, I think you know it's interesting to see the evolution of concentration on the phishing, phishing email content now. It's getting better. So I think that trend will continue. You know, we'd all laugh, but the easy phishing emails to spot a couple of years ago were chock full of typos or grammatically had challenges and were easy to spot. Now you're seeing things that are much more changed, much more targeted, much more polished cons, if you will. So I think that trend will definitely continue. The other one is the idea of reporting and analyzing this is now starting to gain some acceptance in people's minds. 
But for organizations that don't have a technology to help them do that, that's an incredible labor of effort. To manually go out there and assess and analyze a couple of hundred, a couple of thousand reported potential phishing emails without any ability to cluster or group or build a reputation, that's just a lot of time and energy. So I think we'll start to see you know, kind of this, this combination where we're harvesting the data from our people and we're applying technology and analytics against that to make it easier to operate against the intelligence out of it. I see that as definitely a trend for the next couple of years. Jim, as always, I appreciate the time and insight. Thanks so much for taking time to talk with me today. Tom, always a pleasure. Anytime. Have a great afternoon. The topic has been phishing. I've been speaking with Jim Hansen. He's Chief Operating Officer with FishMe. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.